Welcome to Church Project. We are glad that you are here today. Uh, we are a gathering of people, a church. We, we love Jesus. We love His Scripture. We love His mission in the world. And we want to do that together. We want to live it out together. We're also a project. We're an ongoing pursuit to discover what Christ originally intended for church to be. So we gather on Sundays like this. And wonderful days like this, we look a lot better than normal. So looking good out there. And we also meet during the week during house churches. And so if you're not part of a house church, we'd encourage you to become part of a house church. Because this is just a monologue. I mean, I enjoy our worship and give it up for our worship team. Didn't they do an incredible job? I enjoy our worship and I, I love coming together and, and worshiping God. And, and there's nothing better to do than that on Sunday mornings. And, and I love exposing scripture. I love teaching. But it's just a monologue and you've got to listen to what I say. And that's boring. So house church, I encourage you to be part of a house church because that's where we get to take the scripture. We get to open it up. We get to talk about it. We get to ask brilliant questions about what's going on and how it relates to our life. And also, that's where we get to be known. Because quite honestly, in this life, we need to be known. Because it's not going to be peaches and sunshine all the time. There's going to be things that we go through in life. And we need to be able to know people to walk through life together with. And also to celebrate life with. So I'd encourage you, if you're not part of a house church, uh, sign up on the response card. Just put your name your phone number, your email, we'll get a hold of you, we'll let you know when we meet, and you can also visit us on the website for that. So if you're a first-time guest, you have prayer requests, or you just have questions, fill out the response card, and then in the back left is our black box, that's our tithe box, and you can put it there at the end of our gathering today. Hey, before we get started, I want to make a couple announcements. One is our Church Project CD release party is April 28th. So that's not this Friday, that's next Friday. And we're, we're meeting out in an obscure location. Uh, so you're going to need to know where that's at. But this has been something we've been praying for and getting excited for for a long time. So this is open uh, to other churches and our church as well. So invite anyone and everyone to come to this CD release party. We're going to have an awesome night of worship there. And so, yeah, tell you about that. Um, the other thing I want to I want to talk about today is next weekend. I'm real excited because we're doing a baptism, and we have two already that are signed up to be baptized next weekend. And maybe you're sitting here today, and maybe you've given your life to Christ, but you've never followed the ordinance of getting baptized. Well, next week we want to celebrate with you. So we'll have our baptism pool. Jeremiah, I think I'm going to put it right here. Like, I think we're going right in the middle this time. Like, this is a celebration. And so if, if you haven't been baptized and you would like to be baptized, you can, again, on your response card, just put, I want to be baptized or whatever, and, and I'll get a hold of you. So let's celebrate next weekend with our baptism. Anything else I need to talk about? I think, I think we're good. Let's get going here. If you would, open your Bibles to Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 3. This is what we've been going through in the, in the study of, of um, Acts. And so right now, uh, we'll get there in a minute, but I want, I want to talk about Easter, okay? So Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 3 says this, But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Amen. This is Easter. 
This is why we are here. This is what happened 2,000 plus years ago. The women going to prepare Jesus' body because it's, it's now it's laying in the tomb and prepare it with spices. They show up and what happened is the stone is rolled away. That's why we celebrate today. The stone was rolled away. In fact, I'm nerdy. So I opened up my fancy Logos program with my however many resources of biblical, whatever it may be. Any of you like that? You just love studying? Well, yeah, you, you know you're out there, but you're too embarrassed. Angie's going, that's me. Okay, so I opened up, I found some pictures. Elijah, here's the stone, not the actual stone. <laughs> I'm like, that's impressive. No, here, here's, a, here's a picture of what a stone would look like in front of a tomb. There's, here's a picture of the stone that we're reading about here in Scripture. Not the stone, but a representation of what the stone may look like. And, 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 and archaeologists have found some of these stones. But I want to put it in size spectrum for you. Because some people go, what about, man, someone may have been able to go and just roll that away. Who do you think could go and roll that stone away by themselves? Besides the Flanagan over there. Who, who do you think could do that? <laughs> 13 feet in di- diameter is what some scholars say. Like, okay, so when you're thinking stone was rolled away, if you've been anything like me, I've, I've been thinking, oh, like a person or maybe Chad and I, we can go do it. Like we moved his gun safe or something. Like, <laughs> There's no way that the stone is rolled away by one or two, maybe even three people. Like look at that. I just want to give you some, some sizes here. But look at the next one, and I think this is beautiful. Just another representation of there's a grave. And there's a stone that's been rolled away. And we celebrate because when we roll that stone away, Easter, what's in there? And really, what's not in there? This is Easter, and this is what we celebrate. This is what Easter is all about. The stone was rolled away. And like I said, some scholars say that that stone could have been as big as 13 feet in diameter this was a massive stone. And what was found when the stone was rolled away was an empty grave. The body of Jesus that was crucified and, and laid in the grave was no longer there. Because of what was found in place of death, we celebrate. Because of what was found in the place of death, we celebrate. Because there was a dead body in there, and what was found in the place of death was nothing. And we celebrate life. We've been studying Acts, and this single event is why we are here today. The fact that when you enter the grave, there's nothing there. And as we're studying Acts, Jesus had rolled away in their hearts and in their lives the stones that was placed in front of his apostles and disciples' hearts. Just like in our lives, in in our bodies, Sometimes we have stones over our hearts that are hiding death inside of us. And it takes the power and the majesty of Jesus to roll back the stones in our own hearts and in our own lives. Recently in this time, Jesus was arrested in the the book of Acts. He was led to a cross. He was crucified. He was laid in a tomb. And three days later, he rose from the dead. The stone was rolled away, and there was nothing in the place of death except life. 
And what we've been studying in Acts, Acts chapter 4, verses 23 and 24 is what we're going to look at today. Acts chapter 4, verses 23 and 24. In context, we've been going through Acts now for months. And here's the verses that we land on today. Let me read the verses in Acts. Acts chapter 4, verses 23 and 24. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And in verse 24, and when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God. Let me explain what's happening in, in the book of Acts as we're studying through right now. The apostles, the disciples, they're walking with Jesus. Jesus is crucified. He raises from the dead. He shows himself to many people, does lots of miracles. Then he ascends into heaven, and the apostles are sitting there. And this is the beginning of the New Testament church. And, and, and when one, one event right before this is they're walking into the temple, and there's a lame man. They heal the lame man because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And the lame man gets up and starts dancing and jumping around and 5,000 plus people are interested of the power of the Holy Spirit and what's happening except the rulers that are in charge of the land. They call in the apostles, the disciples and say, stop preaching in the name of Jesus because you're causing a lot of problems right now. The power is starting to shift from us to you. So be quiet. And in context of what happens right now, they are, are, are arrested. They are put out to the people, and when these disciples then leave, they go and they tell their friends and the chief priests what what the chief priests and the elders had said to them, and then what happens in verse 24. All the people that these two disciples that were arrested, that, that were then released, what did they do in verse 24? And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God. How is it that two men whose lives have been changed are arrested because of the power of Jesus Christ and the results of what's happening through the Holy Spirit. How is it that they're arrested? And as soon as they're arrested and told not to preach of Jesus anymore, they immediately go out and they begin telling their friends and family about this name of Jesus, the one that is, that is now putting the elders and the teachers and the people in charge back on their heels. Now immediately they're going out and doing the very thing that got them arrested in the first place. They're preaching the name of Jesus immediately. And look look what happens when they share the story of Jesus in verse 24. What do they do? They all heard it, and they lifted their voices together to God. Who cares if they're getting arrested again? Who cares if they're going to die because of this, which they will? Who cares what's going to happen because of this? All they know is at one time in their life, they were dead. There was a tomb inside them, and it was death. But then entered this man, Jesus, and the tomb was rolled away, and it it exposed the darkness in these two men's hearts, and their hearts began to change, and life became to come out of dead places. And what happened is life came out when the stone was rolled away in their heart. And now because of that, they can't shut up. This is Easter. How many of us feel arrested today? How many of us need a stone rolled away from something that is dead within us or something that is dying in us? 
How many of us feel so alive that we can't help to, once we leave getting arrested, go out and do the same thing immediately, the thing that we were told not to do because it's so alive in us? How many of you have that life that's in you, the celebrating life that's in you? Or how many of us, we feel like, you know what, Satan is kind of distracting us a little bit. He's rolling stones over our hearts or he's rolling thoughts, stones over our thoughts and our lives feels more like captive than free. Because of addictions, because of thoughts, because of past things that we've done or things that we're, 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 we're regretful that we've done or looking forward in the fear of the future, the things that worry us at night. How many of us feel like we have a stone that needs to be rolled away in our life? The economy doesn't look as good as it always has. Neither does our 401k. Our experience just isn't as, as stellar as we thought it would be. Our, our best laid plans are not, are not going the way that we thought they were. The things that we had put our hope in, the way that we had lived our life, those things that we thought we can control, we're starting to see that we cannot control all those things so much. And the very things that we began to put our hope in is the very thing that starts to captivate us and starts to control us. And we find ourselves in, in, a, in a very real sense in a tomb to the things that we thought were going to set us free. I'm here to tell you today that if we put our hope in anything other than the resurrection of Jesus Christ, then we are going to be dead stones. We are going to be captive. Ezekiel 36, 25 and and 26 says this in a beautiful way. Scripture is full of hope for man, woman, and child that is looking for something more, for the person seeking meaning, for the person seeking life, for the person living through hell right now, for the person that's confused, for the person that's hopeless, wandering. God is smiling at us right now, and he's welcoming welcoming us home. Ezekiel 36, 25 and 26 says this. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness. And from all your idols, I will cleanse you. And in verse 26 is my prayer for everyone in this room, myself included. And I will give you a new heart. And a new spirit I will put within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Let me me pray this again over us. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. How many of us, we feel like we're walking around and we are living a life where our heart is more like a stone than a heart of flesh that's beating and alive? Charles Spurgeon said this about the heart of, of, of flesh. What is meant by the heart of flesh? It means a heart that can feel on account of sin. A heart that can bleed when the arrows of God sticks fast in it. It means a heart that can yield when the gospel makes its attack. A heart that can be impressed when the seal of God's word comes upon it. It means a heart that is warm, for life is warm. A heart that can think, a heart that can aspire, a heart that can give love, putting all in one. A heart of flesh means that a new heart and right spirit which God giveth to the regenerated. I want to ask this. Do you have a heart of flesh today? 
Or do you feel like you have a heart of stone? Do you feel like you have hope? Or do you feel hopeless? God is warming up the cold places in our hearts and in our lives. The tomb was cold, dark, and empty. And when the stone was rolled away, light enters. The tomb gets warm. But the stone has to be rolled away. The same is true in our loves to, in our lives today. God is warming up the cold places, but it's going to take us surrendering control of our life to God and inviting Him in to warm up our cold places, to the places that are dark and cold, and despair lives, and there's death, and it's dying, and it's hopeless. The question for all of us today is: Will we allow this life, this love, this resurrection? to roll back the stone of our hearts and our minds as we welcome Christ into control our lives and heart. If I am to choose, I want a heart of flesh, not a heart of stone. And in my prayer for the church at large, the global church at large, is that God would continue to roll back the stones in our life and he would soften our hearts. Woe to the man that encounters Aaron Havens when I'm in a pissy mood. Woe to the man that encounters Aaron Havens when I've been living for me. Woe to the man that encounters Aaron Havens when my heart is getting hard. And woe to the man that encounters any of us when we're living for our lives and not the life of Jesus. I want a warm heart. I want a heart of flesh. I would pray and I hope that Christians around the world, love is our defining trait. A soft heart is our defining trait. May we receive his love today. And may we love as he has loved us. May we celebrate the resurrection. May we roll back the stone from the tomb and see that in death's place is life. And may we do the very same thing in our hearts and mind today. That's Easter. Amen. I'm going to invite us right now, if we would, to just close our Bibles and have a time of reflection in this place. I'm not sure what brought you here and what circumstances you came to Church Project today. I do know this, though. Just as in in Ezekiel, the passage in Ezekiel, Just as in the apostles that were arrested and wouldn't shut up because their lives had been changed and their cold heart had been replaced with a warm heart. And just like this, God is beckoning us and asking us to join that same thing. So what brought you here today? Was it because you come once a year, twice a year? This is what you do. I'm glad you're here. Was it because someone forced you to come? Well, good for them. (laughs) What brought you here? Were you just driving by and saw a sign? We're glad that you're here. I'm not sure how you got here. I can tell you why you're here, though. It's because the God of all eternity is pursuing you, loves you deeply, and won't give up on you. 
He hasn't. And he won't. Regardless if you've cursed his name and spat in his face, regardless if you've denied him or you've abused him, regardless of where you've been and where you're going, he's pursuing you so much that you're sitting here today. Welcome home. My prayer is that you'll have a heart of flesh, a warm, beating heart that's alive, that's vibrant, full of hope. And if you came in with any kind of heart of stone, that it would be removed. That the world would have a little brighter view as you drive out today. That there would be just a little more hope in your future as you look forward. That there will be a whole lot more love. That you will have met a couple good people here. That this would have been more than just a temporary experience on some Easter 2017. But that this would be a time that you look back and go, my life was changed. Because in this day, in this moment, I declared, God, please roll back the stone in front of my heart and make me soft. God, I pray for your church. I pray for your people. I pray for everyone that's here today. That your spirit would move in all of us. God, you'd give us goosebumps. You would show yourself off. You would speak to each and every one of us individually. Meet us where we're at, God. In our confusion, in our frustration, in our doubts, in our victories, in our worries. Wherever we're at, God, would you meet us individually where we're at? Would you begin to soften our hearts? Would you soften our minds? Would you enter into the dead places, the tombs in our life, and roll back the 13-foot diameter stone, 1,000-pound stone. Roll that back inch by inch. And as you do so, God, would your spirit come in and make that cold grave come alive. May this life be lived for you and not for us. God, we thank you for who you are and what you continue to do. Soften our hearts in this place as we worship